This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world. Welcome to episode two of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too. And I'm so happy to be here today. Man, let me tell you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for the love. Thank you so much for giving me the five stars, for subscribing, for following, because you guys have already supported me so much. You guys have already, you know, subscribed to the YouTube page, followed on IG, retweet and liked on uh, Twitter. And man, I just, I got to tell you guys, thank you. It's awesome to be here, man. It's dope to be here for a second week. We have a great show planned for you guys. Last time was more of just kind of like a celebration and just, you know what I'm saying? Almost like a little victory lap for everybody that has taken time to working out a character. But today, we getting into it. We got segments for you guys. We got a guest for you. There is a lot going on. A lot has gone on in this past seven days. Now, for those of you that don't know, we are in the middle of the elections. Around this time, it's 9 o'clock at night. We still do not know who officially is going to win. All the ballots are being counted. Um, 45 is causing mad chaos. He's just, he's all over the place, man, getting the Supreme Court involved. But we're going to talk about that. We got a lot to get into. Like I said, we do have a special guest coming on the show. He's a friend of out of character. If you watch and follow out of character, you're going to recognize him right away. So I'm super happy to invite him um, shortly. But first, what I want to do before we get into politics, because we're going to start to show off with that because it's election day. It's what's going on. And we got to talk about it. But let me talk to you guys first about my background in politics. For those of you guys that don't know, I started, after I left radio, I started in TV and news. I was a news producer um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and in Omaha. I had my own shows where I had to write, direct, produce, do all of these things within my newscast. It was local news, so, you know, I wore a lot of hats. And one thing I had to always do was write about politics. And I'm living in a place like Nebraska that is whew, very, very Republican, to put it in a nice way. And I'm a black man writing news and politics in Nebraska. So I got to really see how the media handles politics and how the media handles news in general, not only in Nebraska, but I'm assuming nationwide. And honestly, the politics is why I got out of news. Um, it was a lot for me. Um, it was a lot, you know, writing lies to people sometimes what I felt. And I also saw that a lot of the real stories didn't get out. There would be so many different things that would happen. I'd be like, guys, where is this at? We're looking for the national feed. We're looking for the national feed. And they wouldn't write stuff about it. One of the NAACP buildings got burned to bits. And it was nowhere on the national feed. So I wasn't even able to put it in my newscast because technically we didn't have any proof that it actually happened. So things like that are real, especially in local news. But like I said, I have experience in that background. But... I do not see myself as a professional in politics. So what I want to do is when I do discuss politics, I want to bring guests onto the show that either have a political background or have so many life experiences and wisdom that I truly feel they have a lot more to talk about and a lot to teach, not only me, but you guys as well. And hopefully you're listening to learn. Hopefully you're listening to feel good. You know, we're not going to make this grim and, you know, sad. We're not going to do that today, but we are going to inform you on what's going on and give you insights of somebody that I find to be not only fascinating, but very, very knowledgeable. Now, for you better ask somebody fans, you guys all know the infamous Rob Ramirez episode. I'm not gonna tell you what happened, but let's just say he left some things on the table for us. He left some things on the table, you better ask somebody. And we haven't seen him since. 
honestly the first guy that's ever blown chunks on you better ask somebody but honestly i would say he did it in a pretty cool way like i would say he he threw up in very very smooth fashion so i was i was very appreciative but he didn't get it on me i was able to you know get out the way very quickly but rob ramirez so let me tell you a little bit about rob ramirez for those of you that aren't you better ask somebody fans or maybe you guys are new maybe you guys just jumped into the podcast so let me give you a little background on rob rob to me is the most interesting man in the world this brother has played college football for Iowa State. He's a producer for ESPN. He's worked in fighting for it as many years as I can remember. Now he works in Chinese baseball or something wild. But not only that, he's former military. Now, I come from a military family. I grew up uh, Air Force brat. Both of my parents are retired military. My sister and my brother-in-law are military family throughout the military i'm literally like the only person in like my generation of cousins that didn't go the military route but i have a huge respect for the military and with that i feel we should hear from our military because these are the guys that have decided to serve and protect us and dedicate their lives to keeping our country safe and if you're willing to do that i don't care what your circumstances i don't care if you needed to go to college for you if you needed a job but if you're willing to defend our country, you have to love it. You have to love America. And so with this brother, Rob Ramirez, being on the show, I wanted to bring him on because this is a time where there's maybe not a lot of open love and expression for America, where we have Americans, not just black, not just Hispanic, but all, all Americans from all types of backgrounds are not feeling a lot of pride in America. So... I don't want to just hear from some everyday Joe. I want to hear from somebody that actually dedicated a part of their life to this country. I want to hear what Rob has to say, man. He's a great guy. He has so much knowledge. So without further ado, let me introduce my very first OOC guest in studio, Rob Ramirez. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we have Rob Ramirez here on the second episode of the Out of Character Podcast. Now, Rob, you are our very first official in-studio guest, brother. How you feeling? Feeling good, my man. How are you feeling, man? Man, I am feeling good. I'm happy you're here. It's right. been a long time, bro. I ain't seen you since your last episode, brother. Now, that episode was, was one for the history books, man. In my opinion, it was the best. You better ask somebody we ever had, bro. I had to get you back in the studio because we had so much fun. So before we get into it, how did you feel about your You Better Ask Somebody episode and watching it after Man, the fact? Man, bro, it's just, that was history in the making right there. That was great. Everybody I showed it to laughed their asses off. So it was great, man. It was awesome, man. It was fun doing it. I uh, apologize for the last uh, 30 seconds of that uh, clip, but, you know, it's all love, man. You know how it and brother it's all good man we appreciate you man you dropped so many great gems on us guys if you haven't seen it it's you better ask somebody season two hit our youtube page rob ramirez i guarantee you his episode is hilarious now i brought you here brother because these are very serious times and as i said before i do not paint myself to be an expert in politics i have a small background in news um but outside of that i, I really want to bring people on here that are knowledgeable that have backgrounds in politics but also just have life experience and for you i feel like you're one of those people that has so much life experience and with life experience comes wisdom and with wisdom i feel like you're able to talk on any subject and really educate not only myself but the people listen and my out of character family so brother how do you feel about the way things are going on right now 
I don't feel about it. Now, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a scary time, but it, it, it sure feels like it's uh it's a little bit uh I don't know how to explain it. It's tough to it's tough to explain how to feel right now. Uh, but it, it feels like a dangerous time. I don't feel scared because it's like something happens to me tomorrow. Look, I, I can look back and say, hey, I had a great life. But it, it definitely feels like a like a somewhat of a dangerous time where people are people who don't like people like us. Uh, just feel like they can just come up to us and do whatever, you know. It feels like that, like the system is backing them up, and uh, it's a dangerous time to be uh, black, Latino, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is. It is what it is. You can see it uh, every time we protest. Like cops do whatever the hell they want, and uh, now civilians are taken to the streets against us as well. And uh, luckily, there's good people on, on that side of the law that you know come in and do a rest but you know white people out there beating their chest you know what i mean we turn back the clock after having a black president you know who would have thought this back in uh 2008 and it's wild in the beginning of your statement you said if something were to happen you know it's whatever the fact that you even have to think like that as an american citizen talking about other Americans. It's not as if we're talking about another country. We're not talking about China. Yeah. We're not talking about Korea. We're not talking about a, a enemy. We're talking about Americans. Yeah. A place that we live, that our ancestors have been here. They were brought here. Yeah. And you're talking about, man, I might leave the house today and I actually might not come home. Yeah. That's wild. That is a possibility. And, and you know what kind of kills me is like, I was watching, I know when the uh, English Premier League started in the summer, um, they were all wearing uh, Black Lives Matters and, uh, in the back of the jersey. And uh, it looks like Europe is more down with uh, the BLM movement than people here in America, which strikes me. You know what I mean? Because like, in Europe, they racist as fuck too. You know what I mean? But out here, it's like, it's so blatant and it's so, and you mix that with the danger of everybody having a weapon, you know what I mean? And, and and how the system is, you can say it's against us because justice is not there 100% of the time. We're taxpayers too. We're citizens of this country too. too. And uh, you know what? Uh, this country is lucky that black folk and, and um, you can say uh, uh, indigenous people, they don't want revenge. They just want equality. Man, that's crazy. The more you think about it, you know what I mean? I don't know where, where like this hate comes from. It's like you you brought us here in boats, you treat us treated us like crap for five hundred years, and then you expect us to like be like you. It's like, no, oh, you have all these advantages. You know what I mean? It's crazy that we have to kind of think like that, or they think like that about us. So, you know, we just gotta step our game up and uh, protect ourselves. I wish the Black Panther Party would come back. Mm. That'd be great. And, and just organize the community. Because every time we, we organize, we become stronger. So, you know, I, I wish the Black Panther Party would, would come back, you know, like back in the 60s and 70s. And, and you're hearing somebody that, like he said, he's a taxpayer, he's a citizen, but you're also a veteran. Right. You're also somebody that dedicated a part of their lives to protecting this country, to serving their government and your main boss, your commander in chief, 
was the president. So this isn't just some guy, this anti-America that they try to paint people out to be these anti-Americans. They say that we're that because we have, we want equality, we want to be treated correctly. We're asking for things that just humane. Yeah. We're just asking for humanity. Yeah. And they try to make it seem like, oh, you guys hate America. Well, you can't say this about Rob. You can't say Rob hates America because he's defended this country. And it's funny, a lot of people that say those type of things never put the boots on, never were part of anything military. My family's all military. I did not go that route, but I have a huge respect for our veterans and our military. And you talk about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And it seems as if the people that were anti-Black Lives Matter, maybe the All Lives Matter people, maybe the people that just didn't care, yeah. were the type of people that were trying to divide Black Lives Matter and the military and the people that support the military. They were trying to say that Colin Kaepernick kneeling was not for social injustice, but to disrespect the flag, disrespect America, and disrespect our armed soldiers. As somebody that is a veteran, as somebody that has been on those battlegrounds for your country, how do you feel about the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, first, before we get into that subject, let's define what is to disrespect the flag. Mm -hmm. um, disrespecting the flag is using the flag as uh, paraphernalia, as clothing, uh, spitting on the flag, uh, putting the flag on the ground, uh, burning the flag, that is disrespectful to the flag, according to what I learned during my time in the military. Um, you know, I don't think kneeling or turning your back against the flag is in sort of, sort of way disrespectful. It's, it's actually just sending out a message um, uh, in a way of protest, you know what I mean? And, um, this is a free country. I believe in the power of people kneeling and expressing themselves the whole time. Um, now, with, with those expressions, I understand that there might be a backlash and there might be, you know, people who disagree with that. And that's the beauty about this country, you know what I mean? Like, people like that, you know what I mean, just can't be... We can't all love the flag and not be treated the same. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish... Um, some folks that live in those bubbles will be in our shoes for like a year, mm -hmm. just a year, so they could understand the stuff we got to go through. And you know, they a lot of people in this country think that everybody has the same path to success, and it's not like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, for me to be where I am, I had to join the military for a free education. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had to put my life on the line just to not have that you know what I mean and have some certain um, you can say uh, um, military benefits and, and whatnot. you know what I mean so I can have a better future um, the more I think about it the more I go like uh, I don't even know you know what I'm saying it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous time we live in, man. You now, when you man? say you don't even know, do you mean that you don't know how you feel about the fact that you used to protect this country or you don't know how to feel about the country see, as a whole? See, I, I don't want to get off too off topic, but you remember I, I was in Iraq in 06, 06, 07. I was there for almost two years. Um, and after, like, I think, like, the last three months of our deployment, everybody in our unit was just looking at each other and we were all looking at each other and with our eyes we could tell like what the fuck are we doing here mm. you know what i mean like what who are we fighting 
You know what I mean? And it felt like we were fighting the local folks. We weren't fighting like an organized, um, like an organized, like an organized group of people, like Al Qaeda, etc. We never got intelligence of that matter. And where I was at, I wasn't in Baghdad. I was in Fallujah, in the west side of Iraq. So you know, you start thinking about you know, yeah, I went to war, but was it really worth it? You know what I mean? Were we fighting the people they were? that we were told like we were going to fight. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very, it, it can go down a rabbit hole real quick. But with that said, like, you know, I look back at my military career. I didn't enjoy it, but I'm glad I did it because I learned so much. And, 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 and you know, I went to places like Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska, places I would have never been. And regardless of how long ago you served, yeah. you still have to have love for this country in order to protect it, in order to be in the military, in order to be a part of the government, regardless if they, you know, were scratching your back and you were scratching theirs, but they were giving you a free education, giving you some money, giving you benefits. You still had to make the constant decision. I am going to put my life on the line. I'm going to go to Iraq. I'm going to do these things for my country. And I think with that, like I said, shows love. And the fact that I know you have love for this country is why I wanted to get you on the show, man. I wanted to hear your insight because they, I don't think there's anybody better to talk about what's going on in this country right now than somebody that has served and that is a veteran. So let's talk about today. Yeah. So today is a Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday. What's the date? Today is the 5th. Today is the 5th. And we're on November 5th. So as of right now, before we started recording... Biden and Trump are still going at it. They're still in the race. There's still states that are trying to get all these elections in, get all these ballots counted. And, you know, I've only been around for 28 years of life. So I don't know how many elections that is, but it's not that many. But I can truly tell you from my memory, I have never seen an election go the way that it's going this time around. Uh, I remember 2000. I don't know if you remember. I remember 2000 vividly. Um, 2000 was scary because... I was that- in third grade. Oh, <laughs> that's why I preface by saying, you know, I don't remember that many elections. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, you was a baby. It's all love. 2000, see, this is the difference between 2000 and 2020. It's crazy. 20 years ago, um, 2000 was we were going to get either a dumb president or like middle of the ground president who just comes in, everything is stable, the economy is stable, um, he cares about the environment. This is Bush and Al Gore. Bush and Al Gore, you know what I mean? So for the younger folks. Um, but now it's more like um, we're going to have more conservative judges in the Supreme Court. And people forget federal, uh, federal, federal judges are a lot more and they affect you as a citizen citizen more directly and he's naming a ton of right-wing uh, conservative judges to federal courts mm. now that's 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 really scary to me because you can be in a bad situation you might be innocent and uh, you know what happens when like you have a judge who wants to look tough on crime right you know what I mean? just like it, it was with the drug on war the, the drug war you know back in the early 90s like oh we're gonna put them in jail and that's how i I, you know look i'm gonna be real with you i love i love joe biden i'm not i don't want to say i I dislike kamala i I think she's cool but let's not you know let's not forget that she put a lot of innocent people in jail when she was like in california and uh you know what i mean and 
they they have records that they want to preserve and they want to look tough on crime and they want to look like they can put anybody in jail and it's not about that it's about justice you know what i mean so people forget that she wasn't the nicest folks to a lot of people that were innocent you know what i mean and, and we we need da's out in every state that actually care about justice and don't care about their record so that's why it's kind of like a dangerous time we live in like we can get rid of trump or we can get people like yeah they change but you ask yourself in the back of your head like like your mind like did they really change you know what i'm saying is pressure from the public gonna turn them into that kind of people again you know what i mean that it's a scary time like you you, you never know and I think a lot of people feel not only the way you feel about Senator Harris, but also have some reserves about Joe Biden. Yeah. Even people that have been Democrats their whole lives have felt those reservations very similar to four years ago when Hillary Clinton was in the same position. But I mean, I think a lot of people felt a lot worse about Hillary than they do about Joe and Senator Harris. Yeah. But let me ask you, being in the position that this country is after seeing four years of what this administration has brought us, we've yeah. gotten just chaos it feels like yeah. do you feel that biden and harris's background anything could be worse than what we've seen these past four years to keep you from voting no for they, them they're, they're not gonna be worse but i'm very interested in the policy that they may bring because yeah they have what 18 pages in their policies that they want to implement when if they get to office you know what i mean but are they going to implement them? You know what I mean? And it's very important that the Senate is on their side as well. And the last thing we want, Mitch McConnell taking over, you know, once again. Mm. You know what I mean? This guy got proven. This is proven stuff. Like, he's got... It's, it's a toughie... It's a toughie... Uh, it's, a, it's a subject that's kind of iffy, but he, he definitely fucks with the Russians. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be... I'm not a conspiracy guy. But it's been proven. It's been proven that Trump has a lot of financial interests with Russia yep. as well. You know what I mean? Are they good or are they bad? That's a subject for another day. But he's definitely fucking with the Russians. The same thing with, with Mitch McConnell. So it's important for us to, now that we have the House, we, we get the Senate. And then if we can get Kamala and Joe Biden in there we might see progress or things might just stay the same or, or things might just become stable. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Like he's going to come up with, with a package, another relief package, economical relief package for everybody. Maybe once or twice. Cause uh, not everybody's going to get the uh, vaccine next year. Now, I mean, look, look, the best, it, the best example of this is New York city um, tested I think, if I'm not mistaken, they had 20 million tests done since COVID happened. COVID started in, in March. It took them eight months to do that. We have 360 million people in this country. Mm. Just think about how long that would take to get two shots. You know what I mean? So it's going to be like the important people first, um, essential workers, rich motherfuckers, and then us. Which could take well, years. You know what I mean? And it's going to be even worse in the projects. Yeah. They're going to be the last people. You know what I mean? They're the most vulnerable You know, at the end of the day. So the more you think about it, you know, it's like, you know, I, I want to see, I want to, Joe, Joe Biden has talked a lot. I want to see him do it. I want to see him actually be a leader 
and and actually you know step up and say all right we're gonna do this and as a country we're gonna head this way we, we can't leave this to the states so you talk about where the country is headed yeah last four years we've had trump in office our 45th president how would you describe these last four years under his leadership? That's embarrassing. Mm. You know what I mean? I, 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 it, it is embarrassing. I, we're the laughing stock of the world. I, I, you know, I made friends all over the world, man, and they always ask me, like, you know, how's this, how's the atmosphere, mm. especially during like the protests in the summer with Black Lives Matter? You know, how, how I, I, did you went out? I didn't go out. You know what I mean? I've been waiting for surgery you know what i mean other stuff so i didn't want to put myself out there like that but i was doing whatever i could you know what i mean to spread the word and to get more people to organize you know what i mean if you, you don't we don't need five thousand people in one street we can get 10 people in many streets you know what i mean that you know if we spread it out i think we can be a lot more effective you know what i mean and but you know, people are angry. People, when people are angry, they do whatever. But I, these last four years, been an, an embarrassment. Uh, the way he talks about the military, uh, Senator John McCain was a war hero. I know he's a Republican, but my goodness, man, you don't talk about somebody like that. Nah. You know what I mean? The guy, you know, prisoner of war, actually made it out. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And uh, the way that he treats. Uh, U.S. intelligence, you know what I mean? The CIA and all the information we're get, gathering from other countries, how he dismisses it. And let's not even talk about, let's not even talking about uh, uh, Fauci and, and uh, the CDC, you know what I mean? How he's messing around with them. And now how he's rolling back the EPA, making it a smaller and smaller and smaller department within the government. So it, it's, it's like, it's not only one thing, it's like many together. So at the end of the day, the more you think about it, it's like you can get dizzy just thinking about all the stuff that's been changing. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real. And it's going to take a long time to see change, actually yeah. reverse that. And that's the wildest part is everybody's looking at the presidential race. You're seeing that there's a good chance that Biden is going to take this thing and win. But I think the more important thing to look at is that the Republicans have taken over two branches of government yeah. during this. Yeah. And that's a big deal because a lot of times people will mention Obama and say, well, what did he do for black? What did Obama do? What did he, what kind of policies did he push through? Well, because he didn't have majority vote, he wasn't able to get a lot done. Yeah. And that's documented that every time he tried to do something positive, the Republicans tried their best to stop him. And that is something we might see with Joe Biden as well, even if he wins because of how the rest of this election is gone with the other branches of government. Not only that, it's like voter suppression is big too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, you can see like the state of Georgia, how they suppressing votes. And not only that, they got like one ballot box in every county. Anybody that thinks that the vote doesn't matter and that, oh, I don't have to vote because whatever reason you have to tell yourself that you don't need to vote. I hope that this election taught you how important your vote is we literally had counties go down to one or two votes yeah. that mattered so please people vote and honestly i'm very i'm very happy to see that our voting numbers this year have been amazing even though we've had all these issues with 
people trying to stop votes from coming in, voter fraud, all of these things that they have been talking about on the news, we still have seen that the culture has changed. Not only are people voting more, but other states, other counties are voting differently. They're voting a little more consciously. Now, I don't know if that's just because the world is, we gotta get Trump out of here. With Scott, let's start over, let's get a new president in here. Or if maybe social media, maybe people are just more aware. How do you feel about the voter turnout this year as opposed to what you've seen in the past? Um, yeah, I'm happy, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, the most important election uh, is the midterm and people forget about that you know what i mean like yeah i'm glad that uh, what it's a record for votes for any presidential candidate ever yep and they're not that they're not done voting uh counting votes yet. yep you know what i mean with that being said i think the most important election is the midterm election because you'll get to vote for either your uh state um governor uh an alderman legislator uh your mayor town you live in and people get mad sometimes because they'd be like hey i voted at the presidential election and i'm like yeah you did and i'm glad you did but that vote is counts and is good but it's a little bit over your head because mm -hmm. let me explain why if you vote for your mayor that mayor affects affects you directly mm -hmm. you know what i mean when you vote for the president the president affects a group of people but a mayor and his policy and the way that he runs the town can affect you directly. You know what I mean? The same thing with the aldermen, the same thing with the legislation, le legislators that you vote for. So those are people that are in your community, in your state, and actually implement uh, things like, you know, marijuana legislation. Like, you know, shout out to New Jersey. Mm. They just made it legal just like Massachusetts. You know what I mean? We're still waiting out here in Connecticut. It's crazy, man. <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be hard. a long ways away for that. You know what I mean? They taxing us hard. But, you know, you, you can look like the perfect example of that, you know, uh, the state of Colorado, they actually giving back um, tax money. They're making so much money off the weed, mm. which is insane. And I think that'd be a great proposition for this state. I'm not from here. Pennsylvania uh, has medical, which is great. Um, I just dropped to Massachusetts. I ain't trying to give these folks more money. It's crazy. You know what I mean? But coming back, you know what I mean? I, it, the most important election that people need to be more excited about is the midterm. Like, the midterm is way more important. It, it affects you directly. Like, it, it's like the people in your town, in your neighborhood, even on your street. You know what I mean? They, they affect you directly because every state is different in, in the way they, they handle things. And, and that's why I love to have you on the show because you give insight. You're able to tell people things that maybe some people just don't realize now. I'm sure some of my listeners do know that they have to vote in their not only um, national election, but also their state government. They have to get their mayors in office. They have to pay attention. Who's the mayor? Who's the governor? Because they are making these things. You also got to pay attention to all city council because these legislatures are yeah. the ones that are putting your votes in that are speaking for you yeah. at a higher level and in meetings that you're not in. So please, people... Don't just stop here. I hope that the momentum from this election goes into those other votes. It just continues. I hope we continue to grow. Um, I hope we continue to see people having their voices heard because I think that these past four years, if not anything, has showed us how important it is having, having a leader, having a leader of our country that is respected, that isn't a clown, that doesn't incite violence. And for me, outside of politics, the last thing I want to bring to you, brother, 
To me, the most dangerous thing that this past four years have done is the divisiveness, man. This man has empowered some of the most ignorant, nasty, just foul racist rhetoric that I've ever seen on national television. He, and not even just on national television, just in the world, you walk by certain people and they just hold themselves differently. These racists, these cowards that have been hiding behind hoods and just hiding behind these Confederate flags feel so validated with this guy because they truly feel that they are untouchable because their great white hope is going to step in and keep anything bad from happening to them if they are white. They feel that they are above black and brown people. And to me, that's the most dangerous thing that has happened with Trump is he has given these guys like a shield, yeah, no. something to be very proud of. That MAGA hat just makes them feel empowered and strong. Yeah, and yeah. to me, that is what I feel has incited all of this violence and all of this rage. Uh, the, the crazy part about that is, um, if, if, before I even get to that, um, white people need passports. You know what I mean? I'm just being real. Like, my bad. I, you know, I know there's a lot of great white folks out there, the allies, and, you know, they want the best for the country. But a lot of people in southern states, uh, Midwest, and all over the country, they just need to get the fuck out of their bubble and just be uncomfortable for a minute so they can know that they don't have to rely on stereotypes. I think stereotypes um, have really damaged the perspective they have on us, mm. uh, black and brown, um, and even the Asians, um, especially now with the with the virus coming from China, um, we shouldn't be blaming them. You know, we should be blaming the Chinese government for trying to cover it up. And that's another subject. Um, but right now, you know, the most important thing is to unite the country. And my biggest fear, this is my biggest fear, and it, it happens. This is like every 20 to 30 year intervals uh, war might be a way for the country to get back together mm. like you you remember 2001 yep. you know 9-11 was was crazy but that was a moment in time where it felt like there were no bubbles and there were no there were no walls you didn't feel I mean? like since the country was as divided because everybody was just Pitch. protect this country protect this country we're not gonna cause. let people die again now we you know I don't want it to happen. I don't want war to happen. I'm not advocating for that. But that might be... I don't know. That that might be the only way I see it for the country to, like, kind of get back together and all that hateful stuff to go kind of go away. Mm. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, we live in one of the most peaceful times in this country's history, and uh, all this stuff is going on. Mm. That's interesting, man. It is. Like, crime has gone down in every single state. Um, uh, actually, before COVID, like, the economy was pretty damn good. Everybody had a job. It, uh, the employment numbers were super low. Um, you can actually, people could afford homes. That's why, like, homes were, like, costing so much. You know what I mean? Back before March. Um, it, it's crazy to think how much COVID changed the country. I just don't want COVID to change us culturally and change us uh, economically because if there's no economics, then we won't have healthcare. We won't, you know what I mean? So what happens if you lose your job and you get sick? Not only you get sick, you might, you know, get a disease or something else. You know what I mean? So it's a safety net that we need to create for people not to fall down and, 
and that's how you that's how you end up with a, a skid row. Mm. You know, a lot of them are not even uh, criminals; they just happen to have bad luck. Mm. And, you know what I mean? That's a and skid row is a it's a community out there in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Not everybody out there is bad, and if you fall into that, then you fall into mental health, and then it's just a rabbit hole, man. And, and it's tough to get out of it. And, and, and that's a perfect way to segue into my last question for you. And of course, like I've said earlier, we do not claim to be professionals in politics. We are just two people speaking with different backgrounds and just Word. speaking from experience, speaking from what we've seen. And hopefully we're able to connect with you guys on a different level than CNN and those news outlets are. But my last question for you, brother, yes. where does this country go from here? Now it is 845. We do not know who's won yet. Um, it's looking like Biden, but we're not going to claim who's won. We're not going to say anything because this seems like this is actually going to go for a lot longer than we were expecting. Um, counting up all of these votes. But my question to you, brother, is where do we go from here? Uh, we go to keep the movement strong. Uh, we need to keep organizing. Um, I think that, like I said, uh, Black Lives Matter you can call it the quote-unquote black panther party 2.0 ish um, um we need to organize we need to we need more young folks to join uh government um and, and one thing that i want to add is like a lot, i see a lot of people talking about defunding the police and i think that's the wrong way to go about it let me explain why i think we need to defund the dod department of defense uh, me as a former military guy, I can speak from my experience when my time in Iraq and a lot of the time I was overseas, we got a lot of gear and a lot of equipment. Um, you can talk about all kinds of stuff that we got that we didn't need. Mm. Uh, a lot of companies are pushing for the stuff to be bought by the government. And um, we're spending half of our yearly budget in, in DOD which is insane no other country does that mm. so if you're spending money in the military and stuff that our soldiers with troop, uh with boots on the ground don't really need you know what i mean let's spend that money in schools mm. let's spend that money in in, in um in in mental health let's stop for a second let's be efficient and let's say what does this community need and usually they'll say better schools better infrastructure i think infrastructure is the key to a great economy you know what i mean and let me tell you how big infrastructure is let's say right now we got a hurricane in new york city which has happened before with sandy if the trains go down that's at least 10 percent of the gdp of the country right there gone that's insane just think about that that's how important infrastructure is if you can't get to work there's no economics, you know, there's nothing, there's no financials, there's no money moving around. So it's very important for the country to invest in education, invest in, in, in infrastructure, and actually, I, I'm an advocate, advocator for Medicare for all, and keeping the private sector, because me as a veteran, I'm a part of the VA system, Veterans Affairs, and our mental, uh, our healthcare is not the best, and they do whatever it takes to save a dollar. So I'm not a big believer in socialized medicine for this country yet, even though we can get there. But because um, the VA is literally is, is socialism. You know what I mean? It, it's like you do your part in your military, you get out and you get free health care for life. But, you know, if I want to see my doctor, that's at least a two to three week wait. 
if I need to have surgery. I've been waiting for this since, goodness, March. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. You know what I mean? So I, 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 let's say I, let's keep the private sector and let's have the private sector compete against each other and um, Medicare for all. You know what I mean? Little things like that. You know, people are afraid of socialism. But the U.S. is one of the most socialist countries in the world. Let me explain to you. Social Security, that's socialist. You know what I mean? You pay money, and then you get it back in retirement. Um, another socialist uh, uh, thing we have in this country is schools. We pay taxes. Everybody gets free schools regardless. You know what I mean? You have to, That's a right. Another thing that's uh, Medicare. That's a very socialist uh, program. You know what I mean? And then between other stuff as well, like um, getting uh, food stamps, mm. that's socialist. You know what I mean? It's little things like that. So, you know, it's just Fox News coming in with all this misinformation, and they just don't know that. I want to say uh, socialism is the key, but we can grab some stuff from socialism and apply it to a capitalist economy. You know, And it works. Mm. You know, we, we have like... like we had a great 90s. You remember the 90s? I was... You was a baby, but was the 90s baby. was a great time, man. I love the 90s. The 90s was great, man. Everybody had money back then. Martin, you Fresh Prince. I, mean? I loved it. Everybody had money until like 2004. Dude, I remember coming back from the war and just watching the store after store after store, restaurants, everything shutting down in 2008. It was sad, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, brother, and... Things feel sad right now. By yeah. definition, things feel sad. Things feel very odd. And all I guess we can all do is hope for the best and pray for the best, man. And and hope that things can only go up from here and, yeah. and get better. And um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rob Ramirez, former military, former Iowa State stud football player, current OOC legend and current ESPN producer. Brother, we are so thankful for you, man. Thank you for your time, brother. We know you have surgery coming up tomorrow, brother, and we're, we we hope you stay well. We hope you stay blessed, and good luck with everything, brother. We're never going to be seeing you soon, man. When you're back on your feet, literally, we're going to have you come back in, man, and we're going to check on you, brother. Hey, brother, man, appreciate you, man. God bless you. And yes, guys, this is Rob Mears. Where can they follow you at? Uh, yo, follow me on Instagram, Robbie underscore Rams. You know what I mean? You know how it is. And also, Robbie underscore Rams on uh, um, Snapchat. Yo, follow me up. You know what I mean? I'm always dropping knowledge. You know how it is. Yes, sir. I'll tell you, this is a good follow. Uh, my boy Rob parties a lot, man. So y'all going y'all gonna to enjoy his stories, man. Rob, thank you so much, brother. Um, I hope you and your family are well during these times, man. I hope you stay safe. Yeah. And, man, let's hope by, by the time this episode drops, man, that we maybe know who everything, the next leader of our country everything is. is on the hands of Pennsylvania mm. and Nevada. Mm. So shout out to both states yeah. actually getting up at there and vote regardless of who they voted for. Yeah. Shout out to them because it's like record turnouts everywhere. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rob Ramirez, man. We were so happy to have Rob on the show, man. I hope he gave you guys some great insight. I know I learned some things and man, we were just really happy to have Rob. Great, great guy. But let's change the pace because it's just still out of character. We still want to have fun and we do not want to put y'all in a somber mood. But I do want to talk about one more thing that's been kind of getting on my nerves. That's been kind of irking me that I feel is irresponsible, that I feel like it's bad for the culture. Overall, just bad for humanity. What is that, you ask? What is it that has me so upset, people? You know what it is? It's y'all women thinking that y'all deserve Birkin bags. 
And maybe you do deserve it. But not from us. Get your own Birkin bag. Now, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful, lovely, I'll never say anything bad about her, the beautiful, lovely sweetie made a video that went viral on Twitter and Instagram when she said, I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of, I ain't fucking with no nigga that ain't buying me a Birkin bag. If he ain't buying you a Birkin bag, he a sucker. That's the rhetoric that she spread around. And oh my goodness, did y'all ladies jump? Did y'all jump at that? Did y'all, y'all couldn't wait to hear some shit like that so y'all can say, you know what, you damn right. I do deserve a Birkin. I ain't fucking with no nigga that don't got a Birkin, blah, blah, blah. Now first, before we get started, let's look up how much a Birkin bag is. I'm gonna just check my phone and say, hey, how much is a Birkin? Let's see. Let's gonna put it into Google. The first thing that pops up on AuthenticWatches.com, why is AuthenticWatches.com selling a Birkin bag? I have no idea. The first thing that pops up is $19,995. Now, you know when it's not that, like, $94.99, that it's expensive. Only cheap places give you that $99. When you got that zero, zero, that means that that's some bread. That's 19 okay, we're just going to call it $20,000 for one bag. One bag costs $20,000, right? And we don't even know. This could be like a used bag. I don't know what this site is. But I'm looking at these bags, and hopefully I'm showing y'all pictures for those of y'all that are watching and not listening. They're, they're okay. They're all right. I mean, they ain't going to save your life. They ain't going to cook you a meal. They ain't going to cut your grass. They ain't going to rub your feet. But that's $20,000. So, now that we know, we're going to just go for that $20,000. So, these women have been requesting $20,000 Birkin bags. Now, these aren't wives we're talking about. These are people that are just dating. These are people that are girlfriends that expect their boyfriends, their significant others, to get them a Birkin bag. And if they don't get them a Birkin bag, they a broke boy. They a sucker. They somebody that don't deserve to be with them. And they only getting brothers that can afford Birkin bags. Now, ladies, let me tell you something. Sweetie gonna get you in trouble. Sweetie is a millionaire. Sweetie's man is a millionaire. So asking for something that's $20,000 is like asking something from a regular Joe like me, like asking for 20 bones. It's really not that big a deal. But I need you guys to be real with yourselves, ladies. I need you to look in that mirror. Are you sweetie? Do you bring what sweetie brings to the table in your relationship? When fellas see you walking down the street, do they look at you the same way they might look at sweetie walking down the street? And I'm not just talking about looks. I'm talking about everything. Personality. Portfolio, perhaps. She's bringing a lot of things to the table to where she honestly could get her own Birkin. Ladies, if y'all think that y'all got it like sweetie, and that y'all can be requesting these wild gifts from us, especially when you guys aren't wives. You're trying to become a wife. Just like we're trying to become husbands. $20,000? All we asking for is a PS5. Maybe a controller or two. Maybe at most 500. Maybe at most 500. Y'all asking for a $20,000 purchase on a bag. What you putting in that bag? Definitely not putting my money in that bag because I don't have any more because I, I spent $20,000 on you. Fellas, don't get caught up in the hype. 
you do not have to do those type of things to find love, fellas. Listen to me. I would never lead you astray. This is the, the leader of the faithful black king movement talking to you right now. Y'all do not have to break y'all banks, fellas. Y'all don't have to do that. Yes, you love, you respect, and you also support these queens the best way you can because I guarantee you they're going to support you as well. We're talking about the sisters. We're talking about black queens exclusively because I love y'all so much, and I know for a fact how much y'all love us. But fellas, I'm going to put some game on y'all. This is y'all big brother BC right here. Just, you know, trying to, you know, educate the youth. These ladies, if they do want you, they want you just as bad as you want them. And I think that we forget that sometimes. A lot of times social media has us brothers going through hoops. I see these poor young middle school and high school brothers doing all this wild stuff for these prom proposals. And I'm like, dude, you probably not even gonna know her name by the time you in your mid twenties, thirties. But you dropped a good two, three hundred dollars just on the proposal. This ain't even all the little flower you give. I don't know if it's called a corsage or something or the dress. Everything that you have to pay for with that date. I see the road these kings are going down. Let me tell y'all, it needs to stop. Matter of fact, it's going to stop today. It's going to stop right after this episode because I'm going to give you the keys to life, brothers. It's called the 90-day rule. BC. What in the world is the 90-day rule? Fellas, I'm going to tell you. Now, you know, brothers, when we dating, regardless of who it is, sisters, white girls, whatever, there's always these rules that come into dating these queens. Rightfully so. These women have standards. These women know the type of men they want, and they're not entertaining you unless you're bringing certain things to the table. Fellas, why can't we do that? Why can't we have rules? Why can't we have standards to where we are not rocking with shorties unless they come the way we want them to come? If women can do it, I feel that we can do it as well, King. So let me tell you about my 90-day rule. But before I tell you about my 90-day rule, let me preface it with this. I have never been a millionaire. I've never spent $20,000 on anything outside of my car and my house. It's a lot of fucking money. See, y'all call me a broke boy. I am. I'm broke. <laughs> I don't got it. I don't got it. Don't ask for it. I don't care how big I get. I'm never going to have it. But I've also never been with a sweetie. I've also never been with a woman that could afford those type of things for herself. But what I have done is I've had chances to settle down with a lovely young lady that doesn't need my money. She just needs my time. And you too could be on your way to that, to be in a nice loving relationship where you do not have to come out of pocket, fellas. So let's get into this 90 day rule. My 90 day rule is for dating, I will not spend money on a young lady for 90 days of me courting her. Now, whoa, whoa, what, what? You cheap broke ass. Oh, the women is mad as shit at that. Oh, you broke ass nigga. Oh, that's some corny nigga. That's some F boy shit, blah, 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 blah. Call it what you want. I know that the type of woman I want to dedicate myself to would look at me and hear some shit like that and laugh and be like, okay, nigga, I got it myself. I don't need your money. 90 days, nigga, make it 100. And that, fellas, kings, that's the type of woman you're looking for. That's the type of woman that's going to help you build something. That's the type of woman that's going to help you create your own stuff and that's going to keep not only keep money in your pockets, but help make that money stretch. Help you gain more money. Fellas, that's what we need to be looking for. These IG models are fun. They're a good time. They look good. You can take pictures of them, all that good stuff. Whatever. But 
all they go leave you with is poor and broke. These sisters, you'll take them out on crab lobster dinners, and they won't even put you in the pick. They'll put the plate in the pick. They won't even put your plate in the pick. They'll just put their plate and they went out for dinner. You don't get tagged. You don't get nothing. All you get is stuck with a fat $150 bill from a date. And she might not even hit you back for a second or a third date unless she gets hungry again. Fellas, the 90-day rule will save you from that. Now, like I said, there's probably some brothers out there where they got money ain't shit to them. And maybe they're not bringing certain things to the table so they have to compensate with money. That is fine. Fellas, if you know your worth, if you know you bring a lot of stuff to the table, 90 day rule these women. Let me tell you something. Surprise, surprise. There was not a lot of us out here. There was not a lot of good, strong, attractive, faithful brothers out here. So when you do the math, we the ones that are winning. We in high demand, honestly. Because all races love a black man. That's for sure. All races love a black king. We are a hot commodity. We will always be in high demand. And that's why we're the most hated because all these women love us, right? And if you understand that, use that to your advantage. Use that to know when these ladies step to you that they better come correct because you a king. You got a good child. You got a good relationship with your mother. You pay your bills on time most of the time. You have worked hard to be an exceptional king. And I believe you deserve to keep your money, King. I believe you deserve to hold on to that bag until she has proven that she is worth it. Now, after them 90 days, psh, go on a shopping spree. Go on a spending frenzy. But 90 days, it's only 90 days. That's three months. Probation take longer than that. Job probation take longer than that. Put her on a 90-day probation period as if this was a new job. You know how jobs have probation periods when they hire you? Make sure you're not acting up, blah, blah. Because if you do, you out the door. Get these ladies probation periods 90 days it's only three months three months is not that long let her prove to you if she is willing to stick it out if she's willing to just hang out with you chill and i'm not telling you oh ask these girls to go out on dates and make them pay i'm not saying that find creative ways to spend time together if she proves to you that all she needs is your time oh shower her flood her with gifts give her love take care of her help her with a bill or two but make her earn it first kings don't just do it on the first day. I know brothers coming to dates with full bouquets of flowers, getting dressed to the nines. They ain't even doing the regular Uber. They doing the, the luxury Ubers. You know what I'm saying? That's like $40, $50 just to get to a spot in New York. And these brothers is doing this for these ladies because they are looking for love. We had a time where people in quarantine, they're lonely. We missed cuffing season. We didn't get to have a summer where we was out acting all crazy, getting provocative, getting all that slut out. But... These women weren't able to get their slut out either. I don't think there's been a time where there's been a higher demand for a strong king. I think that if, if we're stocks right now, we shooting up like a rocket. Our stock is as high as it can be. So fellas, don't fall for the hype. Keep that money in your pocket, man. You don't gotta buy Birkins. You don't gotta buy red bottoms to find your queen. You have other things that you could bring to the table, like your conversation. Like your love for art, man. Like your love for music, man. Talk a little bit. See what she likes on Netflix. Hand her the ox. See what she plays. Test these women, fellas. If they want 20000 out your pocket for a gift, that's the least you can do. So, fellas, that is my 90-day rule. 90 days of courting a young lady where maybe y'all just go Dutch. You pay for your food. She pays for hers. Or maybe y'all just hanging out at the crib. She comes over. You go over there. And you know what? You might not get no ass.
Let me tell you that. You might not get no cheeks doing this, bro. But y'all got to be ready to also not be just giving up the dick everywhere. Just like they hold on to the pussy, y'all got to hold on to the dick too, guys. Pause. So, let me just put that little in there real quick. Y'all might not get no ass for 90 days. But that's okay. Because like I said, they want it just as bad as you do, brother. So for them 90 days, you might not be getting up, bro. She's doing too, bro. It's down there, Merrick, getting warm for you, brother. So remember that. And you ain't even had to spend no money 90 days without spending a dime. And because you're a faithful king, you're not dating a bunch of other women. So you just have this one young lady and y'all just hanging out and you are keeping all your money safe. Fellas, listen to me. 90 day rule, fellas. 90 day rule her. Hit my, hit my line. Talk to me, man. I'd love to hear from y'all. Y'all let me know how y'all feel about that. Y'all let me know if y'all want to try it, bro. I will walk y'all through it. I'll help you. I'm a master at this. Let me tell you. I want to tell y'all this if it hadn't worked for me. I've been doing this for years, man, and it works. Let me tell you, because if these women want a good brother, they're going to put up with anything. As long as you're respectful. Be respectful. Always respect your queens, fellas, but respect yourself as well. Hold on to that bag for 90 days. Now, moving on. Now that I'm giving y'all my 90 day rule, that was free game. That was free game right there. I hope you guys enjoyed. This is the Out of Character Podcast, episode two. I'm your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC as well. Man, we're moving. And we're almost done. We've had Rob on here. We talk politics. I put y'all on some free game. But I want to introduce a new segment to my out of character family. Something I am very, very excited about. Something that I think you guys will quite enjoy in a way that I would like to wrap up shows from here on out. Now, for those of you that have watched You Better Ask Somebody Season 3, the first episode was a Nebraska episode. If you have seen a Nebraska episode, then you know our actual current You Better Ask Somebody champ, James Meeks. James and a giant Meeks. Something strange for a little piece of James. He has a whole bunch of names. This brother is getting his own segment out of character. Now, he did so well, he earned that championship. I said, you know what, King? Let's bring you on the show, man. Let's have you give your insights to the people and talk to the people. So what we call in this segment is Meeks in the Streets. Enjoy. Meeks, 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 Meeks. She belongs to the streets. I'm from the streets. Bitch. Meeks in the streets. I love the gang. I love the hustle, man. What's poppin'? It's your boy, Young Meeksiana. And you know, I'm just checking in from the Halloween, Halloween weekend. And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I was at a party, you know what I'm saying? With the homies, you know what I'm saying? We was chilling out, you know what I'm saying? Having a good time. And Shardy walked in with a damn drape. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a sheer drape. Like, imagine. Your mama, your grandma got sheer curtains, drapes in the living room. And Shardy cut them off, put a little hole at the top, and wrapped it around like a motherfucking robe. Now, mind you, Ooh. underneath the robe ain't shit on. Ooh. Just just a shoelace for a thong, right? Like one of those fucking pussy, pussy valley, pea valley type thongs that Mississippi had on, you know what I'm saying? And them real things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So in, immediately, you just see Shawty, you like, damn, Shawty naked. Like, I see what Shawty got, what was she working with? But what bothered me was Shawty tried to cover up when she sit down. Like, when you walk in, you try to cover up, you try to use the shear to, 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 to cover up the testicles. When I already see the testicles, and it ain't nothing to cover up because it's already there. Like, you knew what you was walking out the house with when you left. You left the house with this on. So that's that. But what perturbed me the most is that Shawty's boyfriend was in the kitchen. We're just chilling. Like, and I just, I just don't understand. Like, you know, I'm all for your women being, you know, being being themselves, wearing what they want to wear, especially Halloween. I get it. 
But my shawty ain't wearing that outside, bro. We gonna have to talk, especially when this is homemade outfit and you look like shit. Like we gotta talk about the outfit to get to sell itself wasn't put together well. And you already just naked. And I just, I just, I just, Meeks on the street ain't really having that. Young Meeks Yana wasn't having that. You know what I'm saying? So I had to let Shawty know that her shit wasn't, 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 wasn't up to par. So. And what did she say when you let her know? Nothing. She tried to cover herself up. She felt embarrassed. But we were also very intoxicated. It was a very drunk evening. So she probably thought I was joking. And you know what I'm saying? I'm but she looked crazy. Yeah, she probably thought, you know, but whatever. But Shawty wasn't with it. And to this day, but Shawty wasn't with it. And to this day, I'm having... I'm so your word on the streets a, is the, that the some of these women have just gotten a little too wild with their costumes. And also that you would not allow your significant other to walk out dressed like that? Is that what you're saying? So what I'm saying is is that there's a limit to what you should be able to wear. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't be wearing sheer drapes as your costume in any shape or form. Now, is that because it's too revealing? Well, I don't care if it's revealing, but don't try to cover it up. Like, nigga, I already see the titty. Like, shit, like, if the nipple out, why are you trying to cover up the titty? Like... Just free it. Like, don't don't be embarrassed by your outfit if you wore the outfit. Like, if you didn't like it, you sh- what I'm saying is you should have real friends. And your, and your friend should tell you if you look like shit before you leave the house. So it wasn't so much that she was half naked. It was the fact no. that she just didn't look good. And you're saying her man was there and her like man shit. allowed her to step out looking crazy. And when I say allow, clearly women, y'all are your own people. Y'all boyfriends do not own y'all. But when I say allow is in, they let, they didn't give you information. What your friends and what your boyfriend, what your significant other is supposed to do is keep you from looking crazy. Is keep you from leaving that crib looking wild. And what you're saying, James, is that he allowed her to look as crazy and she probably didn't notice it until you, an exceptional king on your behalf, pointed it out. So what I say is my lady is a reflection of me. Mm. So she go out looking crazy. I look crazy. Ah. So if I let you walk out looking half naked, crazy, looking stupid with this fucking four-year-old created costume, then I look like I look just foolish. Okay. So, you know, I blame him. I do blame him for allowing her to go out like that. I don't think she has true friends because she came in with friends and none of them checked her before they, when she got there, I was like, yo, you, you rocking that? Because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that's, that's you, know, you know, I've, I've had moments where I've had to check my friends for, for rocking outfits that I don't think are appropriate, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> so <laughs> And see, what you're doing is you're not being judgmental. Not being judgmental. You are trying to help them from going out and embarrassing themselves in public. That's, That's all. You're That's being all. a good friend. That's it. That's it. You're doing the Lord's because work. We've all been there. And you know what happens is in the group chat, the group chat that you're not invited in the next day, we roasting your ass. Damn, can you believe so-and-so rocked that shit last night? You knew them jeans was too small. Like, bitch, you, why didn't you just tell me? Why didn't you just tell me the jeans was too small and I would have changed? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to do me like that. And, it's and, that's, and that's what immediately what I think about when I see somebody, not just with a bad costume, but when they walk out looking crazy. Like, who? You didn't have nobody tell you? Like, not even if you're alone and you don't even have friends, which I hope nobody listens to this podcast in that situation, I will be your friend. But even if you don't have friends that tell you look crazy, walk by a mirror before you leave. 
Walk by a mirror. Put put that brush through your head just one time. Uh, maybe maybe put on a size a, a little bigger. Maybe it's time to go up a size. Maybe it's time, and that's okay. But you need friends in your life to tell you this because if not, you'll end up on Meeks on the streets hearing about how you look crazy. And who knows? This person might be a friend of ours. We don't know. She might be hearing about herself. And if you do hear about yourself, friend, let me tell you, just don't do it again. Just don't do it again. Do better. It's avoidable. Matter of fact, matter of fact, get you new friends because clearly. They don't care about you or your well-being. Or or FaceTime Meeks. FaceTime him I'll and ask him, him is this him. suitable for the I'll club? Is this suitable for a function? Just ask. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We here to help. And that's what Meeks on the Street is all about. He is here to educate y'all and also let y'all know what the hell is going on. Brother, we appreciate you jumping on the show. It's been fun. Anytime, bro. Hey, I hope I get invited back next week because I got more rat shit for all y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my brother and one of my closest friends, James Meeks, bringing you Meeks on the streets, man. We hope to have him on every show, um, but whenever we can come through, man, the door is open for my boy, James. Man, this has been a very fun episode, man, a very fun second episode. We rolling, we rocking. We're going to keep doing this every week. I am your host, Brian Coburn. My friends call me BC. You could call me BC too, man. We appreciate everybody for subscribing, for following, for the constant support, man. I can't never stop thanking you guys enough uh, for everything you guys have done, not only for me, but for out of character, man. Um, this first day of dropping our first episode, because we did drop it today, today's Thursday. This first day was great, man. I got a lot of great feedback, man. I got people that are excited, like, yo, we want to jump on the show, man. I got this idea. And that's what this is about, man. I want all of my friends, all my creative, talented friends to hit me up and be a part of this, man. Jump on, man. You guys have so many different backgrounds and insights. And I just think that it would be so beneficial to everyone to hear what you guys have to say man and um we're gonna have a lot of fun on this show man it's gonna be a lot of different things a lot of different faces a lot of different people and we're gonna learn a lot one thing i want to say in rapid usually i shout out somebody or shout out some type of black business but i actually just want to talk to whoever's listening right now these are wild wild times and it has been this whole year 2020 has been insane and i'm sure there's a lot of people that are losing hope there's a lot of people that don't know what's coming next. There's a lot of people that are scared. It's wild. We're at a time right now where a day before election, American parents across the world are texting their children, be safe, be careful, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how people are going to react to this election. And it's almost 1030 right now. and We still don't know who won. The ballots are still being counted. Um, and if you've voted if you mailed in your ballot if you went there personally shout out to you catch yourself on the back because that's a beautiful thing our voices cannot be heard if we don't do things like vote and, but there's plenty of other things to do there's work to be done even if trump loses and biden wins there is still a ton of work to be done we need to demand that these politicians have black agendas have agendas and legislation that specifically help out the black man there are so many different minority groups that have legislation and have things that help them specifically and i do not feel that black people have gotten that same type of help from our government we're americans just like everybody else 
and there's still a lot of fighting to be done we're gonna still keep fighting way after trump is gone we have a lot to do so continue to support your brothers and sisters my black and brown people continue to buy black and brown products continue to get your news and media from black and brown sources we have to start supporting each other and loving each other I, I, I do truly feel that these past four years have made black and brown people come together because sometimes this world has divided us. Systemic racism is in place to divide black and brown people and not make us one. But I do feel these last four years have pushed that, yo, black is beautiful, be proud, be black, support your people. Um, because white folks support each other all the time. Asian people support each other, Hispanics. Us as black and brown folks, we have to continue to support one another and continue to fight for change the fight isn't done but don't lose hope don't lose hope because i truly believe that we are god's people that we are here for a higher purpose and no matter what they try to tell us no matter what the media says no matter what 45 tries to tell you you do matter you do matter and you are here to make a difference in this world and that's what scares them is our ability to make a difference and make change Black people alone are so vital and important to the culture. How the hell would they know what's cool? How would they know what tastes good, what looks good, what music sounds good if it wasn't for us? We literally dictate the culture, the buying habits, everything that America is about, black and brown people had a hand in. And don't you ever forget that. It's gonna, it was like that 100 years ago. It's going to be like that 100 years from now. From the minute we step foot on this land, we have made waves. We have been envied. We have been hated on. We have been beat down. But somehow, someway, we still always manage to rise above. And if that's not godly, if that's not heavenly, I don't know what is. So to my black and brown people, shout out to you. I love you. I hear you. I am here for you. We are going to continue to make content for you. We are going to continue to highlight black and brown people across the world that are doing great things so that nobody can ever say that we stick to stereotypes. Nobody can ever say that we are lazy, unwise, unsmart. None of that. We're, we're killing all that. We're killing all of that. Let's continue to fight. Let's continue to be impactful. Let's continue to push the needle on what the culture is. Let's continue to love each other. I love you. I am Brian Colbert. This is the Out of Character Podcast. God bless.